Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Richard Borsuk is joining us. He is the director of Researching Southeast Asia Private Limited. Richard was an Indonesia correspondent for the Wall Street Journal uh, in the late 80s and early, all the way through the late 90s, and a real Indonesia expert. Richard, uh, great to have you back on the show with us. Thank you, Glenn. Happy to be here. Yeah, and so a big week, right, in Indonesia, talking about this new sovereign wealth fund. And uh, what what is it? First of all, tell us about the fund. What is its expectation, and what do we know about it so far? Well, the uh, the plan was uh, shaped some time ago. It actually started before COVID hit and derailed the Indonesian economy. It's a little the the name is a little misleading, frankly. Hmm. It's not really a sovereign wealth fund, uh, where countries that have a surplus of funds like Singapore with its reserves or Norway with its oil earnings uh, set up a a big fund to invest in other countries. This is more a sovereign directed or or sovereign uh, set uh, fund. Hmm. The idea, Indonesia needs a lot more capital inflows. And you really want long-term capital inflows, not short-term portfolio ones. You want them too, but you you don't want to be dependent on portfolio flows that easy come and and easy go out Mm. when there's a crisis kind of thing. So the idea here is to uh, interest the sovereign wealth funds in other countries like GIC in Singapore to... uh, to put money in the Indonesian fund, which will operate sort of like a a mutual fund. Um, We don't know the specific rules on how it will work, but basically long-term money to help uh, Indonesia keep building the infrastructure that it needs so its economy will become stronger. Yeah, and and Richard... At the moment, the budget, uh, just to add, Glenn, the budget is really strapped because of money spent on COVID-19, social safety nets, and that kind of thing. So the infrastructure program of of Jokowi, the current president, which was strong for years, basically it's it's not uh, going much of anywhere at the moment because you don't have the funding. Yeah, and uh, you've written a lengthy article about this in the South China Morning Post a little bit earlier this week, and I would urge uh, people to go and take a look at that. Uh, the, the title is uh, For Indonesia's Sovereign Wealth Fund, Widodo's Choice of Managers Supplies Needed Credibility. And and on that point, uh, tell us about the the people that have been tapped to run this fund and get it off the ground because uh, confidence in them will largely – uh, drive confidence in countries around the region that may want to invest, right? Like GIC here. Yes, confidence in them will be pivotal. Um, so people were waiting for this announcement of the personnel, uh, waiting with a bit of apprehension uh, about uh, what kind of uh, experience people would you get. Um, of course, this is coming uh, not too long after the one MDB uh, scandal in Malaysia, uh, which has not been a great advertisement for mm. sovereign funds <laughs> of any type. Indeed. Um, uh, but but uh, uh, things came up, I, I, th- uh, I think, quite widely. Uh, financial and other circles are 
are happy with the announcements on the personnel. The, uh, uh, the CEO is a very experienced banker, uh, Rida Wiryakusuma, who uh, has the advantage of he's worked uh, in other countries, not just Indonesia. Mm. He's got a lot of private and public sector experience, which I think could be important. Yeah. And the other people like the deputies, they are also, um, th- these are names that are, were welcomed. Yeah. One of the, uh, the deputy CEO is Arif Budiman, the former finance director of Pertamina, uh, which one would assume that would carry some weight as well. Uh, yes, Pertamina is still a big organization. Uh, it's had its uh, share of uh, historical uh, issues and, uh, management issues, but uh, Ari Budiman is very well respected yeah. uh, and, uh, and should team well with Rida as the, uh, as the deputy CEO. Mm. Richard, what do we know about sort of the, the corporate governance element of this, the transparency element? I mean, I think when, when some, some of these funds are looked at, uh, you're only as good as, as the paperwork that's behind them, right, and and the the processes uh, that will that will back up what the fund is going to do. Again, we mentioned one MDB as a poster child for what not to do. Um, right. Is there is there are there questions about what's what's behind this fund and the the level of corporate governance that's going to be around it? Well, I think there are uh, there there are questions, and there should be. Uh, about uh, the mechanics of it, uh, uh, you know, uh, and anyone who is uh, looking or thinking of uh, putting in money, including very much GIC, would have a is going to have a long list of questions. So nothing is going to happen real quickly. Uh, but what you've done here is lay very encouraging groundwork um, uh, for for the, the corporate governance uh, standards to be very high. Mm. It, it, it will, it, uh, that's why I say that the credibility is uh, from the get-go is critical. In addition to the uh, directors, there's also earlier was appointed a board of supervisors, which is chaired by the finance minister, Sri Mulyani Indrawadi, and she is very well respected. People we're happy to see that she chairs that body. So you will, uh, Indonesian companies have two tiers of, uh, of kind of management or supervision, a board of directors and a board of supervisors. And for the very big task ahead of persuading the world to put in billions of dollars uh, into Indonesia, given it's, uh, yes, it's had bad episodes in corporate governance yeah. in order to persuade them you need both these teams uh, of real credibility, and that's that's your good starting point. Now, if if the, uh, the the credibility, of course, is absolutely paramount, but as we know, a shift in government can also mean a shift in policy uh, for uh, across a wide variety of of elements of government. Is there any concern about the stability of the current government and what that could indicate about? the future stability of a, of a fund like this? Uh, well, the fund is going to be a long-term thing. Uh, it's going to have to survive some political hurdles, but 
uh, frankly, there uh, the, the 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 immediate outlook is good. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Jokowi is uh, very secure as uh, uh, president. Uh, he cannot run for re-election in 2024 because he would have completed two five-year terms. He controls the parliament, basically. Uh, there's uh, very little, some people would say a, a little too little, uh, opposition voices out there at the moment. Uh, but the, 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 the point here is whatever is set with the functioning of this uh, uh, sovereign fund will can be set inside the government. It can't be, you know, pulled down or changed by parliament at this stage. Yeah. Well, I think the medium term, yeah, already uh, the way Indonesia works, a lot of people are already heavily speculating uh, who's coming in 2024. Mm. Uh, but uh, but uh, there's still uh, three three plus years before the, the next election. I think the the Indonesian situation should remain quite stable. So the idea is this could get up and running and be really entrenched in, uh, you know, in a positive way um, before the next change of government. Is is that one of uh, the yes? Thoughts? Yeah, I mean they don't spell it out that way, but that would be one of the thoughts. You've you've got a nice kind of window here. Yeah, and and for sure, uh, you know, you don't uh, you don't raise billions of dollars overnight. Um, you, it's going to be a long process. Uh, Jacoby has the idea that this fund could eventually reach the uh, uh, astonishing sum of $100 billion. Hmm. Uh, I don't see it coming anywhere near that. Uh, they're hoping to get 10 or $15 billion by the end of this year, I mean committed, uh, on top of five billion of uh, seed money that the government will come up with, but it, uh, uh, yeah, this, these, these, this is long term, and frankly, that that's a pressing need for Indonesia to have uh, steady long-term sources of capital. Yeah. We're talking with Richard Borsuk, director of Researching Southeast Asia. Richard, of course, worked as a reporter and news editor in Southeast Asia for some 40 years, including 11 years in Jakarta uh, as the Wall Street Journal's Indonesia correspondent in the late 80s to late 90s. Uh, Richard, uh, does this is this fund going to be instrumental in whatever happens with the building of the new capital, uh, I know that, uh, from what I understand, that's largely been put on hold because of COVID and and uh, money being diverted to other things. Uh, but would we expect this to play a role in that? Personally, Glenn, I hope not. Um, <laughs> but uh, meaning, meaning, uh, what you don't want the, the new capital to be built? <laughs> I do not think it is realistic to yeah. build a new capital in a remote place. I understand, or I think I understand, where the president is coming from. Uh, but uh, uh, even before COVID uh, made a mess of things, uh, mm. this was still very questionable as a, as in terms of its feasibility. Okay. Um, a lot of people think Jokowi still wants this built or started during his second term. Um, and sure, uh, once this fund is uh, getting uh, going, um, you know, if, if the management of it says, we're, you know, we want to put such and such money into uh, uh, to start the construction of the capital, they can do it. But I don't 
uh, I don't think the people who, many of the people who pledge money, because you put in money, you need a return. Maybe it takes five, seven years to, to get it. Sure. Um, like with private equity uh, investments uh, usually being. Um, but you're not going to get money back from uh, a new capital. Now, in fact, the new capital probably will be talked about more as we move ahead rather than less. We just had pretty bad flooding in Jakarta again yesterday mm, after mm. a very heavy rain. Uh, you may see Jokowi saying, see, we really need to make that new capital. Yeah. Uh, this, this is up in the air. Yeah. And and at the moment, um, I know that you track developments across Indonesia. Uh, how do, How is their COVID response? Does it seem to be uh, on par with what other countries are doing, are they in a good? Are they in a good shape? We don't hear too much about the the numbers from Indonesia on the on the global on the global COVID scale. Uh, there, let's say that Indonesia is doing somewhat better after changing the health uh, minister in uh, December. Uh, there was uh, understandably a lot of frustration with the previous uh, mm. uh, health minister who uh, was not up to the big job. Yeah. Um, uh, it's still, the, the, the Indonesia still doesn't come out looking real well mm. here. Um, the testing is uh, too little. Um, the other day they had uh, 10,000 new cases, although the average has recently has been about seven to 8,000. Um, basically, Indonesia has been put uh, too much uh, hope, too much stock in, uh, uh, in uh, uh, inoculation as opposed to mitigation, the, the hard uh, tracing uh, and tracking uh, work, which they kind of never really gave a, a, a complete try to. So... Mm-hmm. Um, and this is interesting in the context of the of the funds that we're talking about. Yeah, uh, money understandably should, as the world economy recovers, money should is more likely to flow to places that had a, a real good track record on uh, on, on uh, battling COVID nineteen. So in in ASEAN countries, Southeast Asia. I think Vietnam will continue to look good to investors. Uh, Indonesia really has its work cut out here. Um, no one can quite envy the job of these investment fund uh, management team. Mm. Um, but uh, and separately, Indonesia has passed this new uh, uh, omnibus bill, which is supposed to help bring in a lot of investment. I think it will help but it doesn't help overnight. The next couple of years will will be challenging under any circumstance. Yeah. Uh, the, the question is, you know, what's the long-term outlook? People need to, to feel things are genuinely getting better. Yeah. Uh, the author is Richard Borsuk, director researching uh, Southeast Asia Private Limited. The article is in the South China Morning Post earlier this week. Uh, an opinion piece for Indonesia's Sovereign Wealth Fund, Widodo's choice of manager supplies needed credibility. Uh, Richard, thank you for being with us today. Hope you'll come back. And as this gets going along, if there are any other developments, we can uh, check back in with you on them. Fine. Thank you, Glenn. Thanks, Richard. 
To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.